Hello, podcast listener. If you're a fan of the 100-plus episodes of the United Podcast, you can show your appreciation by voting for us on the Sports Podcast Awards. Head to sportspodcastawards.com and click Vote Now. You'll find us in the Best Team Podcast category. We'll include a link and info in this episode's description. Thank you, and please enjoy this week's episode. Great turn by McKayla! Astonishing! The response of champions from a player have heard of before you've certainly heard of him now here I see it a star is born what a time what an arena and what a moment to do this hello and welcome to another episode of the Manchester United podcast I'm Helen Evans I'm David May how are you I'm good with no Sam Homewood yeah. this week yeah gonna be a quiet one isn't it you two keep making um a real habit of being missing. Oh, hello. Lately. Oh, hello. Yeah. How, how were your jollies? How were your jollies, Maisie? Um, uh, yeah, it was nice. Just a little trip down to, to Marbella. Yeah. Things to do, people to see, you know, places to go. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you're, you're a busy I, I, man. I was actually meeting up with um, with my ex Sunday League manager, Gordon Robbins, who's Mark's dad. Oh, wow. Who were actually trying to get into the pod. So... Yeah, it was good. To, do you know what? I've not seen so Gordon. So you were basically doing business. Yeah, yeah. I was networking. And the other thing is, we've got John Gidman lined up as well. I spoke to Giddy and he said he'd love to do it. So, um, so you know, hey, we all kind of... that was a proper business trip. That there was us thinking you were just going, a little bit of golf from Marbella. I, I, I didn't even tell you. I didn't have time to take my bats. That's the thing. Your what? My bats, my clubs. Never heard that. Come on, Helen, get with it. It's obviously a golfer's term. Um, (laughs) Well, it's good to have you back. Sam is missing. He will be missed. Federico Makeda on today's podcast, Maisie. Yes. A player who is etched in the memories of Manchester United fans for that goal. Exactly. And what a goal it was, by the way. Absolutely incredible. For such a young kid to come on in such a high-pressure game, it'll be interesting to see his... Or to hear his thoughts of of how it went, because um, you know it was a game that United had to win, and um, thankful for us, he managed to smack one in the top corner and uh, and win us a game. But great footage We're of it of as course well. Talking about that goal against Aston Villa, if if you're not aware, but I'm sure everyone listening or watching will be aware of that goal. That's what it's called, that goal. Um, when you look at his appearances for Manchester United, he's only made 36. Yeah. But he's such a big name for the fans. It's quite hard to get your head around the fact that it only was 36. It is. Um, you know, he came from, obviously to come from Italy as a young kid as well, probably not speaking any English, not any many Italian-speaking players in the team as well would have been difficult there's for n- him. There's not really been a big history of Italians no. Italians at Manchester United no so yeah so I think it would be it'd be quite daunting for him yeah you know 17 year old and to then be in the first team so and then to be thrown so into young, the first yeah. team yeah but what an impact what an impact he had you know coming on scoring the goal against Villa win the game help United win the league and then uh, find himself in the semi-final of an FA Cup a few, a few weeks later so meteoric Rise, really. And a place in the history books. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. You know, you ask, you would ask any any fan out there just to have a minute on the pitch at Old Trafford yeah. to play for the, the great, greatest club in the world. 
do a snap your hand off it. But for him to do it and also to to score a winning goal is is quite quite incredible for him. Really is what dreams are made of, isn't it? Exactly. It's a cliche, but yeah. that really is. Um, he's currently playing his trade at Panathinaikos. Yeah. Big team as well. Yes, it is. I'm not saying he's been a journeyman, but you know he's he's been to a few clubs. Had a lot of loans. And yeah. yeah. So you know he's found his way and he's he's spent the last three years there, three and a half years there, and he's thirty year old, so he's got another four, five, six years, depending if you know how his fitness is, how his lifestyle is over there. He's still got a good chunk of a career to go. So looking forward to in his it. Prime. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. When you're in your early thirties, you're in your prime, may I say. Oh uh, yeah. All oh, right. Okay. Yeah. Is that from experience now? You're just having a go at my age. <laughs> why? 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 Why, being, why are you being like that? No. I'm just saying in your early 30s, that probably was your prime too. Just a general Just because you're still in your 30s? <laughs> early. Yeah. All right, all right. <laughs> Honestly, God, I don't know why I'd do this for you. Right, enough about us, enough right. about us. <laughs> <laughs> shall, shall we dial him up? Get yeah, him on? let's get him on. Here he is. Here's Kiko Makeda. Kiko, welcome to the Manchester United podcast. It's really good to see you. How are you? Hello, hello everyone. It's nice to see you too. I'm very good, very good. Hope you too. Yes, we are good too. You are in Greece at the moment? Yeah, yeah. been here the last uh, three and a half years, yes. I'm here. How is life in Greece at the moment? It's good. The weather is starting to to show up, to show up. And Don't talk to uh, us about weather. <laughs> <laughs> I know. <laughs> the first thing I want to say is about the weather because I know you haven't got it, so... <laughs> Pretty good. Yeah. We never do, unfortunately. Yeah. Are you enjoying your football there? Yes, yes. It's been uh, three and a half years now that I've been here and uh, I've been enjoying it. Now I had a little problem to my ankle and uh, I might stop for a while to get surgery, but uh, so far it's been good. What, what problem is it with your ankle? What surgery do you need to have? Yeah, I, I have an extra bone and uh, it needs to be taken out, so... I will do it as soon as I as I can to get rid of it. Maisie, have you ever had that? Yes, yeah. I had the same thing, yeah. When was that? When? Uh, um, about 2002. Yeah, yeah, years ago. Years ago. Not good. It's not nice. It's, uh, it's, uh, it's annoying more than anything. Painful. So have you had that surgery already, Kiko? No, I didn't have it yet. I was planning to make it uh, in, the, in the coming days. Because I stopped uh, the in and out during the season, so now I go worse, and uh, I will stop. I will stop for a while because uh, you know it's a problem that needs to be fixed. Will you have that in in Greece or in Italy? I don't know yet. I think I will have it in in Italy, so you can get on for a few days. Yeah. <laughs> what What's life been like for you and your family during the last couple of years with lockdowns, etc. In Greece, have you stayed there the whole time, or were you able to make it home to Italy beforehand? Oh, it's been good so far. It's been good, but uh, yeah, with the lockdown, we stayed here. You know, mm-hmm. the, the football stopped for a while, but then it kept going. But uh, we went back to Italy during the summer for a while. But uh, yeah, it's been pretty much the, the same as. As before, it was not a big, uh, big change. Apart from the stadiums, you know, the yes. playing without fans and this, but uh, the rest was uh, was okay. Well, you know that all these podcasts, Kiko, are all about your journey in football. Take us back to when you was a little nipper back in Rome. What was uh, life like growing up in uh, in Rome? Yeah, it was good. It's my hometown, and uh, you know, I was playing for uh, 
my favorite team, which is Lazio. Mm-hmm. And things were going very well until Man United came up and then they made a bit of mess of my of my life because uh, I was very young and uh, you know I was not ready for it at the start. But then uh, things uh, got better and better and you know and I've been convinced by the the, the name of the club, the everything that was about uh, Man United and uh, things went uh, even better. How did you get into football? How did your love of football become around? Was it your brothers, your, your father? Uh, my father, yes. My father brought me to to a club next to my house just to have fun when I was eight years old and things went uh, went pretty pretty good. And uh, when I was 10 years old, I'd been called up from, uh, from Lazio. Mm-hmm. And from there... Uh, you know, I started to enjoy football. I started to understand that, you know, I was pretty pretty good at it and uh, I went forward. Did you play at school? What's the kind of system? Obviously here it might be a totally different system. You play in a skill team, then you get picked for, you might join a club and then it goes from there. What's the system where, where you're from? No, I was not playing in school. I went to a club uh, close to my house and then after... Two years, I went to a club associated with uh, with Lazio. You know, they would come and watch the kids, and uh, you know, the better ones, uh, they would bring them uh, in their team. And after one year, I was there. I've been called up and started my my younger career uh, with Lazio. And how old were you then? I was uh, ten years old when I went uh, for Lazio. I know you were a Lazio fan growing up. Was it always a dream? to go on and play for them? Is that what you dreamed of as a little boy? Yeah, as a little boy, yes, because all my family support Lazio and, uh, you know, me playing for uh, the team of my family was uh, was uh, an honour, you know, but, uh, you know, I never uh, thought of making it in in the first years. It was a dream, but, uh, you know, I was too young to to think about making it in the in the first thing there. Mm-hmm. Did you go watching Lazio at the weekend? Get watching them for games? Yes, yes. Pretty much every game. I was a ball boy also in the stadium and uh, yeah, it was a great, uh, great experience in uh, watching the game live, all the good players because when I was there, Lazio was a pretty pretty good uh, team. Kiko, who were the players then in the team? Yeah, they had uh, Veron who played for United also. They had uh, Crespo, they had Almeida, Simeone, Nesta. It was a it was a strong side. Not bad. It was a strong side, yes. So for me to watch them, uh, you know, every every two weeks when they would play home, uh, life was a uh, was a dream. You know, it was it made things even more uh, better. Did you always play as a striker from a young child? Yes, yes. It's been always my my main position. Yeah. <laughs> you I always like to it. score goals, yeah, <laughs> because lots of people we talk to in the podcasts seem to change positions a lot. They come to an academy and someone might move them around. But for you, it's always just been that one. Yes, yeah. For me, it's always been that one, yes. Mm-hmm. Did, you watch the, did you watch the Premier League or is it more Serie A? Uh, when I was younger. Up? Yeah, yeah. To be honest, I was watching Serie A because, um, yes, because of my team, of my, of my friends, you know, supporting other teams. And uh, I was not really focused on uh, on the Premier League. I knew the big clubs, of course, mm-hmm. but uh, I was not really into the Premier League. What would you have been had you not been a footballer? Uh, this is a good question. To be honest, I never thought about it. Yeah. <laughs> I never thought about it because everything went so quick, you know, and uh, I didn't have really the time to, 
to think about it. So I don't know what to even uh, answer you, to be honest. Do you, do you have, um, in, in England, do you have a careers officer that comes round to the school, speaks to you about, you know, your next step in in, um, in school or college or anything? Did you not have that? Because when I, when I was at school, the careers officer came round to me and said, what do you want to be? And I just said, I want to be a footballer. And... The same, same as you. Yes, yes, yeah. yes. I hear yeah, it all the time. Yeah, for sure. So I said I'd be a lorry driver. <laughs> That's what you said. wanted to be. <laughs> well, I didn't know what, what a way to be. And he just gave me all this stuff about that, that thick on, on lorry driving. And I just put it in the bin and walked out. But <laughs> did, 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 does that happen in Italy? Or? Yeah, it does happen. It does happen, yeah. yeah and your answer was? To be fair, my father used to, be, used to work in a gas station. So right. every time I used to go with him, so... You know, when I didn't think about uh, playing football, maybe I wanted to be this, like him. A gas station isn't a petrol station, is it? Petrol station, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Petrol station, of course, sorry. <laughs> yeah, I was petrol thinking a big, yeah. massive gas station there. <laughs> 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 so what was life like at Lazio? You're obviously living your boyhood dream, being there, going to school, training every day. How much did you enjoy that experience? It was very good. It was very good because I was doing everything I loved and uh, with a team I loved. So everything was, uh, was perfect. You know, as a child, you want to, you want to play football, of course. And, uh, you know, to play for your favorite team was, uh, was an even better uh, feeling. So everything was going uh, very good when I was alive. So I have very good memories. What's it like growing up in Rome, where you lived? Was it a tough place to live growing up? Uh, to be honest, yeah. Because everyone sees everybody sees Rome as this beautiful city, and yeah. yeah. What was it like for yourself? It was not easy to be fair, because uh, yeah, I used to be in Rome, but it was a bit outside. It was like uh, it was not a, an easy place to live. You know, it was you know I don't know how you call it in England, but uh, it was not. It was a tough place. It was a tough place. Do you mean in terms of crime or what kind of things do you? Yes. Mean? Yeah. yeah. In terms of crime, in terms, in terms of. Uh, you know, also living there, it makes things uh, better growing up because, you know, when you live in places like this, then you you understand things a little bit better growing up. And uh, mm-hmm. I think also also the experience of uh, living there, being careful, having friends that, you know, later on they had uh, problems, you know, it helped me to find my right direction and uh, find my, my way into the, the life I wanted to make. We've spoken to people in the past who've come from rough neighbourhoods, for example, and they say they they used football to escape, you know, getting involved in crime or gangs. Is that the way it was in your neighbourhood? Was there a risk that if you didn't have an interest or a hobby, you could get involved with the wrong crowd? Yes, for sure. For sure, because, for example, all my best friends, they had troubles later on. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if I would if I would have stayed there when I was fifteen in the age where you might get in trouble very easy. Yeah. What what uh, would have happened? And uh, but okay, my my love for the for the for football has always been something different. And also also then, for example, when I was when we find out I was going too much to United, they they kind of protect me, you know, they didn't let me do all the things that we used to do together in order not to get uh, in trouble. So 
Tell us about when you heard that Manchester United were interested in you. How did that come about? Did they speak to the club or your father or what was the process? Yeah, to be honest, I was playing uh, for Lazio and I was in a point where you have to renew your contract with the, with the youth team. And, you know, I had uh, some thoughts about it. And uh, while I was uh, thinking about it, renewing uh, Lazio made me train alone one day. At how old? I was uh, I was 15. Wow! It was the start of 15, so they want uh, they want like to punish me not to to going forward with them. And uh, I remember one day there was uh, an old guy which has been the scouter of uh, Man United who brought me there. And I was uh, we were in the same pitch with the team with uh, with my Lazio team, and uh, the rest of the team was training, and me I was alone in the other. Uh, on the other side making finishing or something and this guy was watching me because me I was shooting you know doing things with the keeper and uh, apparently he went he came there to see another guy and while he was watching me then something made him uh, made him uh, made him talk to me wow was that was that Dave Williams yeah it was David Williams yes yeah, yeah. so after this he just got in contact with me he wanted to know my story where I was coming from you know, from there he started to to talk to me every day, like uh, like a grandfather. Because me, uh, to be honest, I was too young to think about uh, living uh, Rome, my friends, Lazio. But it was like uh, so so convincing, so so determined to 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 make me join uh, Man United. And after this, at the end, I, the, situ- the situation I was in was not good for me not to play train alone so I decided to renew my contract but uh, it was a contract where you if you if you go abroad it wouldn't count okay so I I kept playing with the Lazio I kept going forward and uh, when the time passed uh, things uh, got even more serious with the with the club and in the meantime Dave Williams was always in contact with you yeah all the time yes all the time he going to talk in contact with me, with my family. You know, we come to Rome, we go to eat uh, together. What did What did your family think? My family left uh, left all the decision on me. You know, they were. I was the one who didn't want to go at the start because yeah, you know, things were going well. I was growing up well in the team I was. I was treated good after I signed the new contract, and. Uh, so I didn't see the the reason to leave Lazio, to be fair, because it was my dream club. Mm-hmm. Until things uh, got in, more interesting daily, daily, you know, and uh, you know, un- until uh, one point that Man United came to Rome to play the Champions League, and David Williams, I was not there. I was with the national team of Italy, and David Williams invited my family to the hotel of the club. And when uh, my parents go to the to the club to the hotel, uh, they met Sir Alex, and Sir Alex gave them a shirt of mine with my name and the number nine. So, at this point, when my family told me and showed me the T-shirt, I I just say I couldn't. Wow. I couldn't make uh, any other decision because this was uh, this was too much for me to turn down, and then I understood when. So when a club really wants you and uh, from there I, I made up my mind. Wow. 
That's a really interesting story. I just want to ask who the other boy was. Do you know that Dave Williams originally wanted to go and watch? Uh, I don't remember his name, but uh, it was another. It was a midfielder, I think. He was playing with me. At some point, this guy came to me and told me, oh, you know, I have Man United came to look after me and this. I mean, I was really happy for him because, you know, he was very excited. And then uh, things changed. Oh, that's amazing. That's incredible. Just to say that you was, because you hadn't signed, after you had signed that contract, you wouldn't have been left out on the side doing finishing. Dave Williams wouldn't have seen you. And maybe your career at United wouldn't have even started. Yeah, probably. Probably. No, no, because David was uh, very emotional. He's a very emotional uh, guy. You know, he's... Yeah. His story is very similar like mine, so he got into it very, very good. So, so you, obviously, you didn't speak a word of English? No, not at all. No? How was that walking into Old Trafford at the time? Can you remember your first day at Carrington? Yes, it was this, the day after I arrived to England. And I arrived to England in uh, July, and it was raining, of course. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It was raining like crazy. I, they brought me into a digs and... I just didn't know what to do. And um, uh, I remember calling David and telling him, listen, I'm, uh, I don't know what I'm doing here. I'm, uh, I'm afraid. I don't know. It's, it's very difficult for me. So yeah, yeah. come and take me, make me do something because I don't know if I want to stay here. So he came, uh, he came to take me. They brought me to Trafford Center. And uh, we spent the day there until the next day where uh, training would start. He told me, he assured me that things would have gone better and uh, with training and things. And he was right because the first day in Carrington for me was a, was like a dream. You know, I, I went, I went there. I saw, I saw the boss. I saw they introduced me on the first team players. It was something amazing because in Lazio we used to train different pitch, so I never been in contact with the with the first team players. So it was it was uh, amazing, amazing feeling. Was there any Italian-speaking players at the club then? Uh, no, there was nobody. No? So you didn't speak a word of English at all, and you just, that was like being thrown in the deep end, wasn't it? Yeah, it was very hard, especially the first month, first two months was, were very hard. How did, how did you manage to cope? I don't know. I made, the, I made that choice in order to, to, follow, to follow one dream. Mm-hmm. And uh, I know it would have been hard. But I also had the feeling that uh, it could be worth it. Absolutely. So I took it as, as an experience, you know, also to learn a new language, to play in a different country. And, uh, you know, I, and I knew I couldn't make a mistake, to, any kind of mistake in order to, you know, to stay there and come back to Italy to make the same life. So I took mm-hmm. it as a, as a challenge. I find it quite hard to get my head around the fact that you come to a new country, you don't speak any English, you're living with a new family. You know, we've spoken to so many people in the podcast who've come in from abroad, but usually at an older age, Maisie, it's, we've not really spoken yeah. to anybody who's come in at 15, doesn't speak any English. That's such an intimidating environment. You know yourself, you've got children who are a little bit older, but can you imagine yeah. your child going to a foreign country? No. It's such a mature thing. Kiko, did you, did you come over on your own? Yeah, the first two, three months, yes. Then I speak with my family and my family were there for me. They say, they tell me, look, we have a job in Rome, but, you know, they were very young. They were 30, 30 years old, 32. Mm-hmm. And they told me, if you want us there, we'll come there. You know, we stay together. 
And uh, at the end, they came with my little brother. So everybody started different life. Did the club look after you that way? Yes, for sure. For sure. The club uh, find a job for my father, you know, and uh, things went uh, went well. It was not easy also for them because also them, they, they didn't speak a word of English. But, uh, you know, we find a way. The important for us was uh, being together at this time. Because, you know, everybody was young, also them. I'm, I'm 30 years old now, so I imagine yeah. them in, in that time. Mm -hmm. Who did you stay in digs with? I, Remember? I used to be in digs with uh, Magnus, Akram. Okay. Norwegian, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. That would have been good then. Norwegian, a monk, and <laughs> yeah. an Italian. <laughs> Brilliant. Great conversation. That would have been at the dinner table. <laughs> so obviously life was probably difficult for the first few months off the pitch but how did you settle in in training every day and with the rest of your youth team yeah i just focused on the football you know the things i enjoyed more the most and the, you know also the lads they were trying to to help me with my english i would study every day mm -hmm. carrington after training to understand the language faster and uh, you know but it went this way after when my family was there I, I loved my time there, even though I wasn't, I wasn't speaking English because everything was very organized, very good. And uh, I also loved the, the lads there and uh, things uh, went forward uh, very, very well, very good way. Who was your coach manager when you first came over? He was Paul McGuinness. Mm -hmm. was Paul, yeah. Also Paul helped me a lot with his uh, art way of uh, training. You know, I think he... He played a very good uh, role in me growing up as a as a player. You know, I, mm -hmm. he was very honest, tough, and you know, I, it's the kind of uh, coach you you want when you're young to make you improve. Mm -hmm. What difference did you find in the in the way Lazio trained and United trained? What was the difference? Did you find it easy enough to settle in that way? No, here was a bit more faster the game mm -hmm. here in England. You know, more physical, faster and less tactic. You know, it was all about proper improvement, you know, as a play. They didn't, in Italy also, when you're 14, 15, they spend time teaching you the tactic, which is not bad because growing up, you you, you will find it uh, helpful. But uh, here it was all about uh, physical performance and, uh, and this is the difference between the two countries. Mm -hmm. Who was your teammates? Uh, I had a good... I, I had a pretty good uh, team. I had uh, Danny Welbeck up front with me. So we had a good partner in the in the under eighteen. Then we had Magnus. Then we had uh, Matty James, Ben Amos. Yeah, it was uh, it was a good team. Did you go to the Milk Cup? Yes, of course. Yeah, I went only to the Milk Cup twice. The first year I couldn't play, and I went there just to watch it. It's a visitor. <laughs> I don't remember why I couldn't play, but uh, maybe. I was not uh, signed yet or something. They just wanted okay. me there to watch. And the second year uh, I played and uh, we won it, yeah. Mm -hmm. When did you get a sense of how big of a club Manchester United are? Because obviously Lazio are a big club, especially when you grew up there. But when do you think you remembered thinking, wow, this club is one of the biggest in the world? Yeah, it was... The first time I came, I, I went to Old Trafford. This is when I thought, wow, this is uh, something amazing. 
because obviously when I was younger, I didn't uh, I didn't watch the Premier League. I knew about the club, the players who were playing there, but I didn't have the feeling of how big the club was. And when I stepped into Old Trafford towards the first game, then I realized how big it was because I saw I saw the best stadium uh, I ever saw, and uh, I had goosebumps with it as soon as I stepped in. So there I say, wow, I'm playing for this club and uh, it's amazing to be here. Do you remember what that game was? I think it was Man United uh, rating in the Premier League. Yeah. 2008 uh, or 7, 2007. You had a good year though, didn't you? In your first year in, in the youth, top goal scorer? Yes. Yeah, things uh, went pretty good. Pretty good. I was, I was very happy with my, with my improvement. And uh, yeah, it was not easy, but uh, yeah, I was happy with the way I was uh, working, with the way I was performing, and uh, things turned out uh, good at the end of the season. Did you ever, or do you ever, or, well, did you ever as a kid, did you ever model yourself on any specific player you'd watch, or would it just be just, I'm Kiko, and that's, that's how it's going to be? Uh, I used to like a lot of players, like Shevchenko. Ibrahimovic, you know, Vieri, you know, all the strikers used to play in Italy, really, the big, uh, mm-hmm. the big strike. But I didn't really model myself with, uh, with one of them, you know, I was just a fan of those players. Yeah. Did you ever speak to Sir Alex much, the gaffer? Uh, could, you, could you understand him? No, of course not. <laughs> Especially the first, the first year where my English was not... Uh, I was struggling to understand English, to be honest, and uh, <laughs> imagine to understand uh, Cyrillic. But uh, no, we didn't speak much. Only good morning, you know. It was very always, always uh, very helpful and polite, you know. And uh, but yeah. we didn't have a conversation until uh, until I started to play for him. So you made quick progression, youth team, then onto the reserves, who, where Ollie was your manager, Ollie and Warren Joyce. Yeah. How much did you enjoy working under them? It was great. It was great because they are two different characters and I love them both because uh, Warren was uh, very tough without working and things. And Ole was more technical. He would help you more, find your position with the finishing. Every after training, he would stop with you to make extra finishing every single day. So it was a perfect balance for my improvement. And, uh, you know, in that season, uh, I see improvement in myself that uh, got to, to another level. So this mix between them two made me grow up a lot. Were you aware, because Manchester United fans like to look at the youth team, the academies and see who is coming through, were you aware that lots of people were talking about you at that stage, saying you were going to be the next thing in the first team? Uh, no, to be honest, no. I knew You were was- protected from that, yeah. Yeah, I didn't know anything. I knew a lot of fans watch uh, TV, the games, the reserve games, which is uh, great because, you know, that shows uh, the attachment of the T-shirt. But I was not aware of uh, what people was, uh, was saying. I was outside of it. So you said you learned a lot from Ollie and um, Warren Joyce. When was the moment when you maybe moved into the first team training pitch, the first team changing room? What, when was that moment and what age were you then? Well, when I trained the first time uh, with the first team, 
It was after a game. I was in a bike one morning. I'll tell you a story. I was in a bike one morning in the gym and uh, we had a game in the night with the reserves. So all of a sudden, Sir Alex comes there and I was doing bike, watching the news and the television in the gym. And Sir Alex never really came to the gym. So it was surprising. Me and say good morning. And he was looking for me, apparently. It was very strange because barely we, we talked before. So we had a game in the night with the reserves and... Uh, I was with David Petrucci, my Italian friend, he used to be there. And uh, he came to me and uh, he asked me, how are you? And me, I said, I'm very good, thank you. And then, and then he went straight. If you, if, you, if you do well tonight, Sunday you have a chance to be on the bench. And me, I, was, <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't know what to answer him. I was shocked, to be honest, because you know, we never spoke like this before. And all of a sudden they came to me and tell me that if, if in this game I would have played a good game, then Sunday I had the chance to be involved in a Premier League game. So I just did an answer to him. I said, okay, I was shocked and he left. And then I asked my, my friend if he understood it well, because so maybe I understood it <laughs> bad. And uh, he was shocked also. I said, no, no, you, you understood it well. And... Uh, and that night I was too excited because, you know, this was the main reason I, I changed country. I, I came to this club to, to get this chance. So this night we play in St. James Park against Newcastle and I scored a hat-trick. So I just uh, gave him uh, what he wanted uh, to see. Did you speak to him after that? Uh, after Did you go looking for him? No, because we played away, you know, we travel in the morning and we play in the night. Mm -hmm. So we came back after the game and the next day... You knocked on his door? No, no, no. <laughs> I didn't. Never do that. But the next day I was, it was Wednesday and Thursday I had a cool down and Friday I was training with the first team for the first time uh, since I was there. And Sunday we, were, we, we had a game against uh, Villa. So it was only the first time I was training before this game. How did you find the training with the first team compared to the reserves? Uh, very hard. Very hard because the quality was too high. I mean, this team was probably, I don't know, the, 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 one of the best ever team of Man United history. And uh, yeah. you know, so imagine the quality was in the training. But uh, yeah, I was, I was excited, but I was focused also because I knew I had to be close to this level, of course, you know, mm -hmm. in training. And uh, I found it uh, very good, very good, because I would, I've been there uh, one year and a half and I uh, never had the chance to, to go and train with them before. And uh, this was my first two training with them. So everything was, uh, was great. Did you think you was ready for that step up? No, to be honest, no. Because I was very young, I was 17 years old, and you know my my development was was going very well. But I was mm -hmm. still was still a kid, basically. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, I had the chance to to train with them. Of course, I was very happy and focused and try to make the best out of it. But I didn't think I was ready to 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 be with them yet. But maybe I was wrong because then after uh, you know I found myself doing better and better and okay, things went, uh, went good. 
when you knew you were traveling with the first team, it's very overwhelming uh, for a 17 year old. But did you think you were just going to be going there to be on the bench? Or did you think in the back of your head that you might have come on in that game? No. To be honest, I thought we would, uh, I would go there and be on the bench and go inside in the, in the worst cases, you know, if the game would have turned up in a bad way. I remember, uh, I remember Perbato was injured and was, I was suspended. Then we had Tevez coming back from, uh, from international duty this week and just came back the day before the game. So uh, there was nobody up front, only Tevez and of course Ronaldo was playing the wing and uh, Welbeck was on the bench with me. So yeah, I say okay. For me, it was was a dream already to be there in this bench with the player, to to go in the hotel with the players, and uh, that was it. But I didn't think I would go inside. I wished. I was hoping for it because I knew that if the game would have gone in a bad way, I would have probably made the last uh, three four minutes of the game, and that was my mm-hmm. my personal target because you know I went there for this reason to step in, in, into the stadium with the, with the first team. And uh, as soon as the game started, then uh, things then, uh, start good with Ronaldo scoring the goal. And then uh, all of a sudden we are 2-1 uh, down. And uh, as soon as we are 2-1 two, two, down, Sir Alex turned to me. Me, I thought that was the last choice because Welbeck played uh, in the first team before me. So normally he would have come on uh, before me. Kiko, can I tell you about just the night before in the hotel? Yes. Was, who was you rooming with? Or was you on your own? Or No, we used to be on our own all the time, yeah. On your own, right, okay. So what was you thinking after? So you have your meal at seven o'clock, you go back up to your room, watch a bit of television. What's going through your mind as you're sat there on your bed thinking about tomorrow? Yeah, I was thinking about uh, all the scenarios. Did you sleep? I, I sleep, but... Uh... Not so much, because I wanted to leave the day. You know, it was your mind is racing. Yeah, it was. Fly, I was flying a little bit because I started to think and you know how how things would have gone the day after if I had the chance to go inside the pitch. Uh, yeah, as a kid, you start to to think too much, too many things, and uh, yeah. you know, it was not an easy night. So in the two one for Aston Villa, Sir Alex turned to me and told me to go inside. And it was 30 minutes left. And me, I had Danny next to me. And I turned to him because, you know, for me, the normal was him to go inside before me. And when I turned to him, he started to shout at me, say my name, say, hurry up, get undressed. It's you, go inside. And me, I was shocked. I said, wow, it's 30 minutes. It's not two, three minutes. So (laughs) I made my mind up and uh, I said, okay. I came here for this and uh, now you have the chance to go inside and uh, try to do your best. Wasn't bad though, was it? <laughs> it was bad, yeah. <laughs> it wasn't bad, yeah. It wasn't bad, no, no. It was amazing, to be honest. Better than uh, the thoughts I made the night before. Much better. I couldn't yeah. imagine of any better. So you replaced Nani yeah. and Mike Phelan was giving you some instructions on the side of the pitch, what what was he saying to you? Did is that a moment where the coach will just say to you, just go and enjoy it? Yeah, to be honest, I don't remember what he was saying because I was focusing yeah. on what I had to do as soon as I as I go back inside the pitch. So you know, I was not really interested to 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 hear him. 
to listen to what he had to tell me. But uh, I was thinking about what to do as soon as I go inside. And the first thing I say to myself is, okay, get on, get on the ball and you know, touch the ball as soon as you can. And then mm-hmm. things will go, will go well, hopefully. So obviously, I know your family was at the game. What was it like for you to turn up to play Old Trafford in front of your family? Your dream has actually actually come true? Yeah, it was a dream. It was a dream come true. And uh, my family was there, you know, also also to watch me go inside the stadium was very emotional for them, you know. Mm-hmm. They didn't need uh, to score or play good or something. For them was was the reward of uh, leaving everything in Rome. Yeah, of course. The initial reward. So this was this was it for 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 them and for my father especially. And uh, yeah, then this game went uh, went crazy and uh, things got uh, even better because yeah, one thing is to yeah, one thing is to step into the pitch and make your debut. Another thing is to go inside the pitch and score the winning goal in the, in this way. So the moment was crazy. I mean, I was tired. Because I was too, I played 30 minutes and I was I was I was exhausted. I started to run everywhere <laughs> in the game, but the pressure, the the joy of being there made me exhausted. Yeah. So of course I remember this last run where we were two two and uh, we had to win the game. So I take the ball from Gary Neville uh, in the middle of the area, try to do something, but my legs were uh, gone. I mean. I didn't have any more uh, power. So I lose the ball and the ball goes out to Giggs. And uh, Giggs, the magician, he, this pass is not even easy pass to make because normally you go back inside, but he played this vertical ball to me and uh, things went crazy. I made this first touch with, uh, with my back heel and I said, okay, this is the chance. The chance to to shoot on goal and when I put the ball on my right foot, I slide into the ball shooting. And when I raise my head up, the ball was inside and I see the amazing atmosphere, people celebrating and I couldn't believe it. So it was a moment that is not even easy to, to describe to be honest. Yeah, of course. It was like slow motion. It's a moment that so many Manchester United fans, it's etched in their memory. They remember so clearly. Lots of people are, you know, are remembered for goals they've scored at Old Trafford and players scoring on their debut. But I'm not sure whether you would agree, Maisie, with this point. That one is so vivid for so many Manchester United fans. Yeah, absolutely. Everything about it, as he just said there, you know, you lose the ball, you get the ball back, Giggsy finds the ball and it's not the easiest of balls to control. But that. I suppose all that all that build up of your training with the youth team, training as a kid, just waiting for that one moment, and it has to be perfect. It can't get away from you because the defender would block it. It's just a, the absolute perfect touch. Did you look at the keeper first, or did you just hit it and know where the goal was? No, I knew where the goal was, but I didn't look at the keeper. So you just hit it blind. No. Yeah, I just hit it and. So the ball inside. <laughs> what went through your head? After the goal. Yeah. As it, as it nestles in the far corner. I just get up. I wanted to celebrate. I knew my family was there. So I wanted to go 
to see to celebrate with my father, but I didn't have the chance because the people went crazy. My teammates also <laughs> went crazy. I remember that and Fletcher running after me. He was faster than me just because I was very tired. But <laughs> he grabbed me, he grabbed me from my neck and he put me down and it was uh it was crazy. So I wanted to celebrate with my family, but I didn't have the chance. So I had all the team on me at the end and I found it uh, hard also to to breathe in this moment because <laughs> I had everybody on top. And uh it was it was crazy. Then when they they let me go, I went to my father and I helped my father because he for all the sacrifice he made and uh I think this uh we we deserve this moment as a family. And a certain Mr. Evans was in the camera straight after that as well. Johnny Evans into the camera. Yeah. And about Helen? It was a Johnny Winkless, yeah. He's usually in the background. <laughs> Surprised he was up front. <laughs> uh, Andy Gray in his commentary said a star is born and that is how so many Manchester United fans felt at that time. What was it like for you after the game, even coming out of the stadium and experiencing all that for the first time as a Manchester United first team player? It was crazy because, you know, the week before I went to the stadium and I was watching the game. And the week after I was the hero, let's say. Yeah, the absolutely. Match winner. So it was not easy. It was very good, excited exciting but you know I enjoyed the moment to be fair I mean I was a, I was a young kid and uh, everything turned out to be perfect so I didn't think about any anything less than uh, than perfect so I, I enjoyed the moment I enjoyed the the moment after the game when I go outside the Old Trafford people cheering for me and the day after when I would go outside for example with my family you know it was a crazy crazy change yeah. but uh, in a good way did Sir Alex say anything to you after the game? Uh, no. <laughs> he came to hug me very strong <laughs> because he knew he knew the importance of the game is more than me, of yeah. course, because me, I was not into the first team so much. And apparently yeah. this game was uh, was a key game for uh, for this for this Premier League race, you yeah. know, and we're coming from two defeated and, you know, it was a must-win game. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, he showed it to me with the way he hugged me after the game. Yes, that I understood it. So after that, you made two more appearances on the bench, and then you had your first start in the FA Cup. The FA Cup is such a big competition for people in England. Were you aware of the FA Cup, or was your father aware of the FA Cup? Um, being in Italy, obviously you're aware of it because you were living in England at the time. But were you aware of how big of an occasion it was? Yeah, I was aware. I didn't have a clue about playing. Because it was a semi-final against Everton, mm-hmm. and uh, in the in a team meeting, the uh, the boss gave the team, and uh, I was in a starting uh, eleven, and I was shocked because the importance of the game uh, and the importance of the cup. I Me, mean, I knew it was an amazing cup to to play, mm-hmm. and it was a semi-final at Wembley. At Wembley, this was my first start for the game. And uh, it was amazing because also Wembley, like Old Trafford, is a is a magical stadium. Mm-hmm. And uh, I remember the moment before kickoff, I see the stadium around me, and it was amazing. I mean, half support of my United, half of Everton, and full stadium, 
amazing atmosphere and I was inside there. And uh, this also has been one of the greatest moments of, uh, of my time at United because as my first start, I couldn't, couldn't have asked it of uh, any better. Something I want to ask, um, and we have spoken about it in the past as well, Maisie, that was such an important goal. Sorry, I'm just going back to the Villa goal. Such an important goal in that season. And I just want to know your opinion on players not getting a Premier League medal because they haven't made enough appearances. What's your opinion on that? Me? Sorry, no, not you, Maisie. Sorry, Kiko, that one's to you. Uh, me? <laughs> sorry, sorry. That's okay. I don't know. I, I was not even aware of it, to be honest. At the end of the season, I didn't really care about getting a medal. I'm very honest because, you know, being there, celebrating uh, the Premier League victory, having pictures with the Premier League Cup and, you know, all the... The good things that I didn't really care about the medal. I mean, yeah, I scored a very important goal in the game after against Sunderland. Sunderland, yeah. That was after 46 seconds as well. Yeah. Did you think then playing in the Premier League was going to be easy? <laughs> I started to think about it because <laughs> two and two. <laughs> what is going on here? Every time I touch the ball, now I score. <laughs> no, it was a crazy moment, yeah. It was a crazy moment. So I was only happy about this, you know. I didn't really care about the medal. Yeah. I knew I contributed to this to this uh, Premier League victory in a big way in the in the most difficult time yeah. of the season for the club. So I just uh, want to enjoy the the win. What were the celebrations like? Because people often say, "Yep, you have one night to celebrate winning the Premier League, and then the next day you forget about it. You move on." Well, Maisie knows more than anybody what that's like, but. Did you find that a bit of a shock that everybody just celebrated for one night and then we have to focus on the next season? Yeah, in this year especially, it was not the next season, it was Champions League final. Mm -hmm. So it was even more uh, short, the celebration. You know, it was yeah. great on the pitch, outside the pitch for the night and the day after, all the focus was in the Champions League final. So it was like, hey, okay, we win this now, the focus in, is in Rome in the final of Rome and everything came back to normal. The final being in Rome, did you get bombarded for tickets? Yes, I did, of course. <laughs> of course. <laughs> thank, thank God I had, uh, we had, uh, I think, 16 tickets each. Yeah. And uh, I needed more, of course, but I couldn't give more because, uh, you know, everybody wants to invite families and this and... Mm -hmm. But, uh, yeah, if... If I would have more, maybe I would have needed uh, 50 more, but that was not possible. Yeah. When you look at that season, obviously you make your debut, you score on your debut, you score on the second game, FA Cup, semi-final, Champions League final in Rome. That's some dream. That's some like, oh, wow. Does it get any better than this? I think no. I Can think, it get better than that? I think it couldn't get Perfect. better. It was amazing. The last three months were amazing because Premier League debut goals the winning of the Premier League then the Champions League final in my in my city so unfortunately we didn't win it this could have made it better but uh, you know personally for me was uh, was more than a dream to be honest mm -hmm. because uh, you cannot imagine uh, something even better than this so you have a little break in the summer. Talk to us about the following season then because you're well established in the first team, in the first team changing room. Tell us about the following season. The following season started the, the pre-season. 
it started very well for me and you know I started to get used to the to the first team to the trainings mm-hmm. and uh, unfortunately I still had uh, I started to get problems physically I remember having groin problem soon as the season start and uh, stayed out around three, three months three three and a half months so in the second season this the the thing would stop me a little bit was that mentally hard for you that time it was hard yes because you're 18 years old and uh, you know you you expect to not to play because to improve mostly because mm-hmm. to play is almost let's say not impossible but very hard it's not uh, I had four uh, world-class uh, striker in front of me and I was aware of it. But for my improvement, yes, it was tough. It was very tough. What kind of person are you when you're injured? Do you find it a frustrating time? Do you put your energy into other things? What, what do you do in that injury period and how do you cope with it? Well, when I was younger, I didn't know what to, how to react because yeah. it was the first time. And uh, you want to make training every day, you want to play, you you're too excited when you're 18 years old, so you never want to stop. So I took it a little bit in a bad way, but then you know that you have to put your mind uh, on it and go back as soon as you can, because then I had a setback and it was not good. But also in this season, then I I had good moments. I made my Champions League debut. Uh, I remember playing very good game against Moscow. Unfortunately, I didn't score. I hit post and other chances. But... Uh, also this year, I had, uh, I managed to come back to the to the team in a good way in the second part of the season. So it was not easy, but at the end, it was it made me grow up even more as a player. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You went back to Italy on loan. What was that conversation like with Sir Alex? Was it was it to get fitness, get match fitness, to get game time? This was my second year in the first team. Yeah, when I was nineteen, and also this season. Things were going well for me because from August until uh, until December, I played uh, 13, 14 games for the first team. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, for me, there were a lot of games as a 90 years old yeah, yeah. with the competition I had in front of me. So I was pretty happy. I scored uh, one goal against Villa, Villa Park. And uh, in December, we had this conversation with Sir Alex and I was... I was Disappointed a little bit to live because I could see that things were going better and better. Mm-hmm. But okay, he told me, you know, you you go outside, you play, you improve, you play every game, and then you come back here stronger in a stronger position. And me, I said, okay. Did you did you see it that way at the time? Yes, but I took it. I took it like uh, an easy thing. Mm-hmm. And easy thing. I said, okay, I go out six months, then I come back here and everything will be like before. So I didn't put myself into it like those first six months, you know, like where I knew I had to push myself to to, to gain space, to get more chances with the, with the, with the first thing. So I was a bit disappointed and uh, I had uh, many offers from the Premier League clubs going along. But uh, as I told you, I, I took it easy and... Uh, I wanted to try and go back to Italy mm-hmm. and see how Italian football was because, okay, okay I was playing uh, the Premier League with an amazing club, but I was from Italy and then I played in uh, Serie A. So I said, maybe I should go back there for six months to see how things will, will be. 
I will come back here anyway in six months. So I want to try this new experience there. Did you enjoy that time? Uh, not really. Not really. No? Not really because I was very excited to go back there. It was a good club, Sampdoria. Great club. But uh, I started to play. I started to do well. I scored straight away in a, in a cup and uh, things were going well. Then at the end of the the transfer markets, uh, they ch- they sold the best player, the best player, the striker, was Pazzini, who, who started to go on very good together, me and him up front. So they made, in my opinion, they made a bit of a mess in the club and uh, things started to go bad because I was all a kid and I couldn't have the responsibility of the, of the club yeah. without him. So the things started to go bad and uh, I was the big name already because I was coming from Man United. Yeah. But I was a kid also, so they put all the blame on me and you know things didn't didn't go well. Then I started to feel the the pressure of football, you know, the you know, the hate when things are not going well, which is normal. But uh, I was not ready for it. I was this was uh, was new for me completely. Yeah. Did you feel quite protected by Manchester United in that sense? You were in your little Manchester bubble away, but when you went there, you felt quite exposed and on your own, even though you're going back to your own place. Yeah, I was. I feel protected, but I didn't have protection there because there is a different country. It's it's all you knew, you know. You get the stick when things are not going well because you come from Manchester United and maybe mm-hmm. coming from Man United made things even worse. Yeah. Because if I would have come from another club, then maybe they would go for other other players. But uh, in that mm-hmm. time, they it was on me, which which is uh, maybe normal. I don't know, but I was not ready for it. You made quite a number of loan um, times in your time at Manchester United, but I just want to ask you about what you learnt at the start of your Manchester United career and in between those loan spells from your teammates, you've said before that about the competition ahead of you. What did you learn from them though on the pitch? Of course, after this loan, I started to go on loan. And you know, things were a bit different when I came back because I started to doubt myself a little bit. Okay. Because it was my first experience where things were not going well. So... All the confidence I had when I was 16, 17, going forward, going inside the Old Trafford and scored the goal and this, they started to disappear a little bit with these six months in Italy. And uh, when I came back, it was, it was not the same. I, I took it with me for a few years and uh, they, this didn't help me a lot going forward. And also the loans, the loans for six months are not, uh, I understood it at some point that they are not uh, helpful. You know, you either go for a, for a year to get settled or, uh, mm-hmm. or they are not helpful. But of course, Man United, when I was there, the competition and everything, the players, they made me, they made me go stronger. You know, the competition of being this level was not easy, of course, but, you know, training with the kind of uh, Waza, Michael Owen, Berba, you know, for me was uh, was uh, was a challenge. I mean, I knew it was not easy to take that place because they were world champions, and you know, 
but I took it as an improvement, you know. And uh, after the two two loans, where uh, where things didn't go well, then uh, I think after Stuttgart, there uh, I spoke with uh, with a few players, Man United, and they told me that I should take a step back in order to gain this confidence back, you know, playing uh, playing regularly and. And uh, I did it. I went from Stuttgart playing uh, Bundesliga, Europa League, to Doncaster. You know that j- they just came up from uh, yeah. from the League One, so it was a big, uh, mm-hmm. big change. I say to myself, it doesn't matter where the name of the team or where you will play; it matters playing right now. Yeah. And this was uh, successful because I played Doncaster, and then I made the second part of the season in Birmingham. At the end of the season, I scored. Uh, 13 goals. So there I started to get my confidence back and to to, to rediscover the, the younger as a footballer that uh, I had when I was young. Do you, do you think that those six months in Italy then damaged, damaged your career in some sort of way or did you just think, well, the manager wants me to go and get more experience? Did it? Do you think it hindered your, your progress? I think it did. I think the mistake I did was, was going back to Italy, not for the... I mean, I took the worst situation I could uh, could have picked because mm-hmm. it was a great team. They went from Champions League uh, playoffs to get relegated in this year. So it was it was a mess all over the yeah. place. And the only thing was, you know, Sir Alex, uh, he wanted to help me by going on, by going alone uh, to England because it would have been easier to follow me to. You know, to see my progress. Yeah, yeah. But uh, then I made my mind up that uh, uh, I was able to convince him to send me to Italy <laughs> somehow, <laughs> and that was mm. the the mistake uh, I did. At the end, it turned out to be a mistake with the uh, with the way things are gone. Do you look back on that and regret that, or are you not that type of person? No, I'm not that type of person to be honest, because it was something I really wanted it and. Yeah, it went in a bad way, but I was very excited uh, to go there. So if things would have gone in a different way, then maybe we were here talking differently. You've been a hero. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. So, you know, this was my, my choice and uh, I don't regret it. Mm-hmm. Now I can tell you I make mistakes, but, you know, this is part of, the, of growing up, you know, this mistake that they make you... Think uh, twice for the next time and makes yourself stronger. You, after all of the loan spells, you eventually did leave Manchester United permanently. Obviously, you'd been and gone over the last few years before that. But when the decision was made to actually leave for good, how difficult was that for you? To be fair, my, my last year of contract was uh, when I came back from Stuttgart. Sir Alex left, finished the career. And uh, David Moyes came there. So he knew my time was was about to end because, okay, I was not involved. I was going alone. I was, you know, I was trying to find my way. Yeah. So that year I made up my mind that would have been my first, my last year. And, and I had to do well in order to, to go to a good club next. But I was ready for it. I mean, my experience there was amazing. But I knew a new chapter. Uh, was coming and uh, I had to do good the last year in order to to get uh, another good club 
I think already you thought, no, when Sir Alex goes, I'm going, my time is off. I will not not stay there without Sir Alex. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. A few people have told us about the moment when he announced to the dressing room that he was leaving. Did you find that an emotional time? I was not there. Oh. I was not there. I was alone at Stuttgart. Oh. Unfortunately. <laughs> so you heard you heard on the news like everyone else. Yes, exactly. I was in a change room in uh, in Germany, and we had the television, and all the news came out like crazy, and uh, I was not there. Yes. Was it a shock for you at the time? It was a shock, big shock, because I don't know who expected it to be honest, like this. Mm. I mean, yeah, it was in the head, but you know, for me, it was a shock because. Uh, I didn't expect it to to go out like this, you know, all of all of a sudden. You've mentioned a few of your teammates there over the the last hour. Or so, who did you really bond with in the changing room? Yeah, I had a good uh, relationship with everybody, to be honest. I mean, with the English and foreigners. I mean, Nani was my my teammate. Like you know, he was protecting. Uh, also, when we go to the tours. You know, we're always together. Patrice, who was talking Italian, Edwin was talking Italian to me, and and also the the English like Rio, Wayne, and Paul, Ryan. You know, everyone was very protective. So I had a good relationship with all of them. Then David came, the guy. We still have a good relationship with him, and uh, you know, it was it was a really good uh, good squad, united, and you know. That's one of the reasons uh, this team been uh, so successful also. Do you still feel connected to Manchester United fans? Yes, I do. I do because, you know, every now and then I get messages from them and, you know, from all over the world, from England, from China, from everywhere. Also from Greece. I came to Greece and they invited me. They have one uh, the biggest uh, fan uh, fan club in Athens, so I went there. People went crazy. It was it was amazing. Yeah, I think this goal is uh is, is there in the history, and people uh, people uh, loved it, and uh, I love it too because you know being connected with the with this club for me is um, it's uh, amazing. And I know you have a son now, Makeda. Which which football team will you bring him up to support? Will it be Lazio, Manchester United, or will it be both? I'll tell you, my wife support Roma. Oh, <laughs> no choice then. So at the moment, I so at the moment I have this problem because when I tell him what the, which club you support, he tell me support Roma. So he's five years old, but uh, I'll have to work hard to make him uh, change his mind. But I will do it because it's not possible in my house to support Roma. <laughs> <laughs> what, Makeda, Kiko, what, what, does the, uh, what does the future hold for yourself now over the next two, three, four, five years? Yeah, to be honest, since I came to Greece, things uh, went good, very good. I start to score goals regularly, not picking up injury. I start to work more on myself in a, inside and outside the pitch. I know my character more, I know my body more and... Mm-hmm. You know, I start to get focused 100% on my on my job, and I saw this in the in the pitch in the last three years. So, fortunately, now I have uh, this injury, but uh, I will come back uh, soon, and uh, I see good things because mentally now I'm uh, I'm prepared. I'm 
I'm very strong compared to when I was uh, when I was uh, a young guy. You know, all this mm-hmm. bad experience made me made me grow up, and now I saw the I'm seeing the the results. And uh, I'm 30 years old. I'm at the best age. I have uh, I have very nice uh, hopes, and uh, I'm sure that things will uh, will go even better in the next two three years. And the thoughts of coaching, anything like that, or too early to speak? Well, I'm too early. Too early. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, a couple of years, I will tell you, but yeah. <laughs> no, still, uh, still not in my mind. But uh, yeah, I would like also that it was be a good job, hard job. I know from friends that I have now that used to be footballers, now they are coaches. It's a very hard job, yeah. but we will see. It's not in. Would you would, would you move back to Italy, or would you stay in Greece, or back to England, back to sunny Manchester? <laughs> uh, I I love England and my wife loves England to be honest mm-hmm. if I tell her where, 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 she, where would she live she doesn't say Italy or Greece or something she's England so <laughs> I don't know I, I, I love England also but I'm not 100% agree with her but we will see <laughs> but uh, we'll see when, uh, when we'll start with football it will be many years hopefully I think it's fair to say that Certainly Manchester United fans would welcome you back anytime. Thank you so much for speaking Thank to us you. and taking the time. We really appreciate you telling your story to us. Thank you very much to you. It was a pleasure and uh, had a very good time. Cheers, Kiko. Take care, Paul. Thank you so much. Thank you. Bye-bye. Maisie, I thoroughly enjoyed that one. Yeah, I did myself. I did. Cult hero. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, when you score a winner at the Stratford end on your debut to help United win the league. Instant, instant hero. You could see the smile on his face when he was talking about that moment as well. Yeah, yeah. You could sense it, what, what it meant to him, what it meant to his family as well. Mm-hmm. You know, it is what dreams are made of. Sacrifices that yeah. they they made moving over from Italy. And he talked about that, didn't he? How difficult it was for him. I'm still getting my head around the, f- like, you know, your children are not that much older, but can you imagine sending your 15-year-old to England. To Italy. Oh, sorry, Italy, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. It's such a crazy scenario, but that's why Manchester United is the best because you're so well looked after in that scenario. Yeah. It's as you say, imagine, I mean, I just can't get my head around. I mean, obviously it happens and it happens, you know, so much more, I should imagine now. Generally only for football though, isn't it? Yeah. After sports. But um, no, I mean, as he said, you know, he's living in digs with a Norwegian and with a man. <laughs> what a conversation that is. Brilliant. Sounds like we'd make a good TV program. <laughs> it would, yeah. Um, one of my favourite parts of the podcast was when he talked about Dave Williams spotting him. Yeah. And also training on your own at 15, 15. you wouldn't sign a contract. That's brutal. That is, that is brutal. I'm, I'm not sure that would get, you'd get away with that now in this day and age. No. You wouldn't. But yeah, as soon as he signed it, you know, he's back in the team in happy days. Yeah. But, but, as I said to him, had he signed that contract, the fact that he joined United might never have happened. It's just that Dave Williams was there watching him training and thought, oh, he looks a good kid. Let's have a word with him. Yeah, because a lot of people do say you always need a little bit of luck. Yeah, That's of your little bit of luck there, yeah, isn't absolutely. it? Or absolutely. Or is it luck? Hmm. Fate. Yeah. it's um, Meant to be. Some things in life are just meant to be. Yeah. But as you say, you know, 17 coming over to England... 
big, big challenge. I think it's nice that obviously his dad didn't work in the oil industry or anything like that, Helen. He did work at a petrol station. He wasn't on the rigs. <laughs> <laughs> no, but that, that, that's, I mean, that's brilliant from the club. You know, yeah. the club helping him, helping his dad settle in, get his dad a job. You know, it's a huge, huge uplift for the whole family. It is. Mm-hmm. Um, but that just goes to show how good this club are with, with young kids coming, coming to England. Mm-hmm. Very good. What about, um, what about when he found out that it was going to be possibly on the bench on the Sunday and the gaffer coming down from, from the stairs and he's there on the, on the yeah. bike with Petrucci, was it? And he just said, yeah, you play well tonight and you'll, you'll be on the bench on Sunday. And he turns to her and says, did he just say that? Did I hear just yeah. that? That's class. <laughs> Isn't there something so nice about the innocence of the yeah. age? Yeah. Because when you're older, you're, you're, you're in a different position in your career. But when you're young, that probably is your first thought. Like, did he actually just say that? And, and obviously, because of the broken English, you wouldn't really understand the gaffer. Yeah. You know, scores a hat-trick, is in the squad on the Sunday, can't sleep at night because he's dreaming of everything, every scenario. It's just a perfect, it's a perfect weekend for him. Absolutely perfect week, <laughs> isn't it? So good. If you can relive one week in your life for him, that's yeah. bound to be it. And then legs it over to the corner and uh, celebrates with his dad. So nice. Such a lovely story. Yeah, very good. No, I enjoyed it. It was good. I did too. Okay, Maisie, let's find out what the people are saying about us. Uh, Alec99, good name, says, Lifelong United fan, found the podcasts on lockdown walks, mentioned the Viv Anderson one to a Forest fan, and he said Viv used to get told off by his grandma and granddad for constantly kicking a football at their hedge in Nottingham. Please <laughs> slow down new ones. as still got 25 old ones to catch up with. Steve Koppel would be a good one on the lost art of the winger. Do you agree with that, Maisie? Steve Coppola would be great. Absolutely good. Oh, that'd be brilliant. On the lost art of the winger. Yeah, that dying art of taking on fullbacks. And- Thank you very much indeed. As always, do keep your tweets, emails and reviews coming in. That is it for another week, though. Thank you very much for listening. If you want to get in touch, you can email us at unitedpodcast at manunited.co.uk. That address is in the notes for this episode if you need it. Also a reminder that the Manchester United app is the best place to browse your podcast catalogue. You can listen to and watch all of our previous episodes and new episodes appear there first every Monday with full video versions following on the Friday. If you're listening somewhere else, say the Apple Podcasts or Spotify, we'd love it if you could leave us a rating and a review. Only good ones, please. If you're a Spotify listener, they've recently added the ability to rate podcasts on there. How many stars are we getting, Maisie? Has to be five. Has to be five. I'd like to have some, when you when you do the podcast and when you write in, give us your locations. I want to, let's have some more locations. The, obs- mo- the more obscure, the better. Do you know what, Maisie? We were talking about this last week. Yeah. Yeah, we were talking about where all our listeners are from. That really interests me as well. Absolutely. Maybe we could do a poll. Tell us where you're from. Yeah, absolutely. The most Lovely obscure idea. of whatever whatever you're doing. Could be in England, but it depends what you're doing. Okay, so what you're doing whilst listening. Yes, and where. Okay. Yeah. And where. Perfect. Thank you, Maisie, as always. A pleasure. Pleasure, mate. I'll speak to you soon. You shall. Adios. (laughs) See you next week. Bye-bye.